0: Welcome to your DogCast, where we feature news just for dog lovers. Here's your Rover Reporter, Mary Lou Davidson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rover Reporter. Today, we're going to be looking at a topic that we all are concerned about, everybody wonders about, and that's veterinary health care. Most of us have a traditional veterinarian for our pet, uh, and at times we've gone to see a specialist, whether it be an orthopedist or an ophthalmologist. But there's another kind of veterinary care, which is traditional Chinese veterinary medical care. It's a holistic practice. It looks at the entire pet, but it offers some complementary treatments and uh, alternatives for rehabilitation and suggestions for nutrition. And I was lucky enough to be able to find an expert, Dr. Wendy Ying, and she is not only a doctor of veterinary medicine, but also a Chinese veterinary medicine practitioner. Hey, Wendy, how are you?
1: Hi, Mary Lou. Thanks for having me
0: on. Thank you so much. This is, you know, one of those topics that people get confused about. And when you think about a holistic or a Chinese veterinary medicine vet, you wonder, do I still need to have my regular vet And the answer is,
1: yes, you should have a great relationship with your regular vet. Our dogs hide a lot of their medical issues, right? So sometimes we don't see that they're hurting until the disease has progressed along quite far. So I think it's really important that people have a solid relationship with their veterinarian, and they should go in at the minimum once a year, whether you're, you know, for just a checkup. So whether you need vaccines at that time or not, uh, it's great for your vet to be able to see your pet when they're healthy. So then when your pet is sick or acting a little funny, as in vet medicine we call it ADR, ain't doing right, then they have a baseline to see uh, where they are. Like sometimes you might think your dog's a little, like, lethargic. But if I don't know what your dog looks like normally, it's hard for me to assess that. Maybe that he's just a personality. Maybe he's just a lazy dog, you
0: know? So, you know, that acronym that you just used, Ain't Quite yeah. Right. Um, are there other things? Everybody's everybody's pet has a folder at the vet office, right? And right, right. It's always frantically scribbling notes, and I've always wondered what they're saying. Are they writing things like something ain't quite right? Or?
1: Well, ADR, that's the term that... Um, we a lot of farm people use like it's like I don't know doc he ain't doing right so we use ADR meaning um, the client suspects the 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 client suspects something's wrong but they don't know what's wrong which usually involves like some kind of internal internal uh, issue like uh, like I have a patient right now okay she's this cute little uh, Shih Tzu and she has a disease called autoimmune hemolytic anemia, meaning that she is making antibodies to her own red blood cells, and then it causes those red blood cells to burst, and she has anemia, right? So she has, uh, so her blood can't carry enough oxygen, but she's like a she that just lays around anyways, but her owner noticed that she's, she was lethargic, and so when she went into the veterinarian, you can't see that from the outside. Maybe we see her gums are a little bit pale, but there are lots of reasons why that would be. But until you pull the blood and, and do a blood panel, you wouldn't know that that dog had anemia.
0: And that's something you do at your, your regular vet, your traditional vet, your general practitioner. So
1: right, yeah. So like in that case, uh, like I, and doing the acupuncture and herbal therapies for that dog, but her general practitioner is monitoring her uh, red blood cell level and giving her, uh, th- in this case, you have to have steroids. Steroids are a very important part of this treatment process. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working together on this case.
0: That's awesome. By the way, everyone, Wendy's practice is called holistic veterinary house calls and she does um, along with her partner, uh, chiropractic care for pets, companion animals, you know, dogs, cats, as well as horses. And her partner is Dr. Kyle, and he is a doctor of chiropractic and an instructor at the Chi Institute. Wendy is also a podcast host. And she That's right. she runs <laughs> the show, uh, works with uh, the folks who run the show at Horse Radio Network.
1: That's right. Yep. Yeah.
0: So we're, we're in good hands. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the basic tenets of traditional Chinese veterinary medicine.
1: Chinese medicine, TCVM kind of seems like, from the outside when you look at it, like like my whole family, my Chinese side of my family, they're all like medical doctors or engineers. Right? So they think like Chinese medicine is something my crazy grandmother thinks about it's folk medicine, which you can kind of think about that as folk medicine. But the history of TCVM, we go back to these ancient texts from 400 BC that involved the, uh, some people that were, you know, they may be mythical or they may be real people. It was 400 BC, right? So we talk about the yellow emperor and this divine farmer. And they believed that the health of the body was dependent on how you're in balance with your environment, uh, your diet, and lifestyle. So, I mean, that makes sense, right? But interestingly enough, at the same time, in Greece, that was when Hippocrates was uh, developing that same philosophy of medicine. Because before that, people thought, in both the East and the West, people thought... um, You know you got sick because evil spirits you know brought this on you or somebody cursed you or blah 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 that it was just fate but um in in both sides of the world at this time people were realizing that no it's it's how you live your life it's what you put into your body and those are things that we think about now so even though it seems like we haven't uh evolved in the same way western medicine has evolved um, there is a lot of scientific research that um that kind of validates uh acupuncture herbal therapies and um and also uh in t c v m like we realize that okay, if you break your leg, then you need surgery and get your leg set, but we can 't do acupuncture for that it 's not, not huh.
0: It's not magic.
1: No, it's not magic. So, so TCBM has kind of gone to the way of like wellness uh, and uh, like long-term goals for health, whereas um, you know Western medicine in there's you have the emergency part and then you have uh, long-term goals using pharmaceuticals and things like that. So it is very similar. It's just uh, they've kind of grown to separate areas.
0: So let's talk about treatment options that you would deploy in TCVM.
1: Everybody knows about acupuncture, and we've talked about that before. So acupuncture, you're using needles to stimulate acupuncture points, and what that does is it stimulates the body. It stimulates a reaction in the body. Like modern research is showing that what it – probably does is it stimulates your the cells talking to each other right so like that's why it can stimulate your immune system it can help with hormones and things like that and then herbal formulas are very similar to pharmaceuticals they're plant-based for the most part sometimes it's minerals and they have certain actions similarly to pharmaceuticals And then um, chiropractic or spinal manipulation, there's tons of, uh, everybody's very familiar with that. Everybody loves to get their back cracked. And um, then also some newer therapies that we use in TCVM involve laser, because not everybody, especially pets, like (laughs) like needles. And with the laser, we can actually stimulate the acupuncture points. So I sometimes use that in practice, but also laser therapy itself, uh, even if I'm not doing an acupuncture point using laser therapy, um, what it does is the light gets absorbed by the cell and the little engine inside the cell speeds up and then it speeds healing. So for example, like if say you strain your tendon, right? And, you know, okay, I strain my tendon, your body has to fix that, right? You, that, that healing process is determined by how quickly your body makes new collagen and fixes this tendon. So the laser therapy can help speed up the, the metabolism of the cells that make collagen. So that's quickly healing your tendon. But also we know like vitamin C is really important for tendon repair, for the strength of the tendon. So we also would add herbal formulas that contain high amounts of vitamin C, and then you can also eat foods like citrus fruits that are high in vitamin C, and all those things together could work to help heal the tendon. Plus, you need to rest. Right, and and when you do
0: the actual laser therapy, mm-hmm what is that process? Do you have a machine? Do you bring the animals somewhere? How does it work?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I always joke because I have this new laser and it's great. It's tiny and it's really safe. And I, my old laser, I felt like I was using the bag phone. Remember the bag phone? <laughs> you know, my old laser was really big. It was small. The portable one, it was smaller than the really, really big lasers, but uh, it was still really big. And, it there were some, uh, you know, dangerous to it. It caused uh, some heating of the tissue, and it also could damage your eyes. So the new lasers that we have now, we've realized that uh, the frequency of the laser uh, turning on and off, like the frequency that we deliver the laser light therapy, also has some benefits. And because of that research. Uh, we can actually use lasers that are a little bit less powerful, but more, but safer, and those are much better for the animals.
0: Okay, is it like a wand?
1: It's like uh, going back to the phone thing. Remember those old phones that you were on your wall and you yeah. pick it up and hold it by your ear? It's about that size.
0: Okay, so not too overwhelming for a small dog or.
1: Yeah, and it has different. Um, it has different heads on it. So like if I'm doing acupuncture, I have one that uh, it has a head that I can make it to be like a little tiny point. And then I have one that's wider that I use, like, like I was working on a Chihuahua today that hurt its back. So I have one that's like a flat disc and I can cover a lot more space.
0: So this new laser machine that you have, has it replaced the need to use needles then pretty much?
1: Well, I still like to use needles, um, but actually I, I did my master's thesis on using laser acupuncture to relax horses. And um, I, I did prove that there was a significant difference in uh, like that I was getting actual results from the laser. And there are many studies out there where laser acupuncture does work and you do see the same kind of results you see with the needles. But uh, a lot of times I want to use needles, especially in horses because the laser only goes uh, like maybe a centimeter. Mm-hmm. So I, with the laser I can do points that are close to the surface, like on the paw because right. dogs don't like needles in their paw, right? Would you want a needle like in between your, your, Fingers, no,
0: no. no, thank you.
1: So, right. So I can use laser there, but then like, say I, I have a big dog with hip arthritis, then in that dog, I want to use longer needles so that I can get deep into the tissue. Mm-hmm. So
0: how long have you been practicing traditional Chinese veterinary medicine?
1: Well, I, um, I actually, uh, I graduated from North Carolina state in 99 and then I was certified for uh, acupuncture in 2004. So I can't believe it's been that long. It is right. It's been quite a while. And um, and then I uh, have gone through and I finished my master's in 2015. I guess 2015. Um, so tell But us- I, I really feel I, I feel really feel lucky that I have that I got into veterinary acupuncture in the United States in this time, because I feel like even in the time that I've been in it it has become more and more accepted. And, uh, I see it really helping a lot of pets.
0: Much more. And I think of course, since we're accepting these non-traditional forms of human health care,
1: Mm -hmm. it makes
0: it that much easier to transition that way for our pets. Right. Tell us about Cutie Pie and her story or his Oh,
1: okay. Cutie Pie is like one of my favorite patients. Whenever I see her on our schedule, I'm like, oh, so glad we can see Cutie Pie. But her um, situation is very a very common one. So she is dog. Yeah, Cutie Pie is a little Shih Tzu. Okay. And she is um, eight years old, so pretty young, like midlife. But she has a, a, a defect in her left front leg, like she's one of these shih tzus that have this twisted, up, twisted leg, right? So when she puts her foot down, her her paw points like ninety degrees up from where it should. Yeah. So we, so that puts a lot of stress on her her carpus or her wrist. And she had an injury where, of course, this is how small dogs jump off. She loves to jump off the sofa. So she jumped off the sofa, hurt her back. So um, they called us out for the back pain. But when I went over her, I realized also that she has a a luxating patella, which that's super common in small dogs. And what that means is her kneecap kind of goes off it slips off of uh, her femur, right? It doesn't track in the right way. And then she holds her little hind leg up and it looks like she's skipping. It's not painful, but um, you might see that in your dog. That sometimes does happen. And um, so besides her back, I also realized that her patella had gone from like a low grade issue to a more higher grade issue where she was limping all the time so we uh we worked on her for her back and for her patella and got her going good but now uh you know she every once in a while has um because her left front she has an issue her right hind uh kneecap comes out more than the left also when it comes out like that it sets her up for arthritis right because it's sliding against the bones So with Cutie Pie, it's been really rewarding for that case because even though I had to fix her back injury, that was an acute problem. I saw her early enough in the course of this disease, her chronic issues, that we could really help that a lot with chiropractic and with acupuncture. And we have her on a, um, in in this case, we did have her on some herbs in the beginning when her back was really sore, but for her long-term, we have her on a supplement That um, has anti inflammatory herbs in it, and it's a flax based supplement and it protects her joints. It has, uh, it has um, like, it's like Cosequin for dogs, but it's in a little flax based formula with some herbs. And she can stay on that for life, and then that will really uh, offset the chance of her having arthritis early on. Now, hopefully, we'll get her through to live a very happy long life, even though she has some congenital deformities in her little front leg and in her knee.
0: Right, so that's super cool that you spotted it and you were able to offer a treatment to help ward off early onset arthritis.
1: hmm yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what I'm meaning like with uh, why you need a good relationship with your vet. Because uh, this, client also uh she only went to the vet when she needed vaccines or had the injury but you know maybe had she had a relationship with the vet to have a a lifelong wellness plan which i think we're having that more and more these days people want a lifelong wellness plan for their animal Mm -hmm. like that could be uh that could have been diagnosed at the you know Sometimes puppies have that and they grow out of it. But if they haven't grown out of it in a year or two, then your, your vet will say, any vet would, would say, hey, let's put her on some arthritis formula, you know, a supplement to help her joints. And if you see her limping, bring her in and do something, laser, acupuncture, chiro.
0: Right. Because as you said, dogs mask so much that mm-hmm. she could be struggling, but acting like, like she's just fine right Wendy if people want to read more about TCVM what would do you have any books that you recommend or West- um, yeah
1: there's a great book that's called four paws five directions written by a uh, vet Sher- Dr. Cheryl Schwartz she's in California she is fantastic she is like a, I, I mean I I've learned so much from her she has just this way of looking at animals that really open my eyes a lot um, and sh- This four paws five directions goes into the Chinese medicine theory of the five elements mm-hmm. um, And it's written for pet owners. So it was written by the vet, but it's written for pet owners So it's a really good read perfect. And there's lots of cases in there and then also uh, Dr. Dan Callan he's a, a people doctor an MD. He was an emergency medicine doctor, and then he was trained in acupuncture. And he's also an embryologist. And his books are so great. If you want to dive deeper into the science of acupuncture, his books, uh, he wrote Spark in the Machine probably 10 years ago. And it's it really is an easy to understand book about uh, Chinese medicine. And then The Hidden Body is more of a like a text that you can use if you want to learn more about the meridians and how the organs function together but Spark in the machine has some really fantastic case studies that he has done um and a lot a lot of his case studies are when he was still working in the er and then incorporating chinese medicine into some of his patients in the er and that book is you can get it as an audio book and it's a great listen
0: Cool. Since we're all podcasting now, and that's right, filling up our time with uh, helpful information. So, if you are interested in talking with Wendy or learning more about her, you can visit drwendyying. That's W E N D Y Y I N G. Thank you so much, Wendy. We'll talk to you Thank soon. Thank you,
1: Mary Lou.